51st episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Julia Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student. Now, before, I just want to get right into this. And I just got to briefly tell you this is about the train derailment in Ohio. This is Sean Hannity doing what Sean Hannity does best, which is mislead his audience. The situation on the ground there remains very dire. Take a look at your screen. Earlier today, our very own Sarah Carter witnessed scores of dead fish in the surrounding waters. Uh, animals all over the region have reportedly died from the toxic fallout of this controlled chemical burn. But after ignoring the crisis for days on end, Transportation Secretary, good old Pothole Pete, is now looking to pass the buck. On Twitter, he's blaming who else? Donald Trump for rail regulation from a law that was passed in 2015. Uh, Pete, that was two years before Trump was sworn in. Now, of course, blaming Trump for anything and everything is just standard operating procedure. So that was from Wednesday. And that was the first time Sean Hannity uh, cited the law from 2015. Now, if you've been following the news at all, you know there was another law passed in 2018 by former President Donald J. Trump. It wasn't actually law. He and his Department of Transportation rolled back Obama-era regulations that would have made certain types of trains that carry toxic materials and oil safer. Now, the very next day, Hannity repeated the same, I don't know if I want to say lie because of legal liability issues, so I will say misstatement, false statement, lie by omission, whatever you want to call it. He had former congressman and gubernatorial candidate from New York, Lee Zeldin, on, and Lee Zeldin starts this clip. Pete says that it's Trump's fault. They want to blame regulation changes from years ago as you opposed to taking it. any responsibility. We have no rules on the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the law that, that Pothole Pete was referring to, you know, was passed in 2015. Donald Trump was not president at that time. So it was actually Obama and Biden's law that he was actually referring to. So either Sean Hannity thinks that time stopped at 2015 or he's purposely um, obscuring the truth from his audience. I happen to think it's the latter considering his track record and because this was widely reported on last week. You You couldn't trip over stories about this. And honestly, I looked back into archives and found that at the time that Donald J. Trump rolled back these regulations, it was also widely reported on. It was story after story after story. I found clips on YouTube from local media. I found article after article that referenced this. This is a timeline that I discovered online from doing some research on this. So starting in 2014, this is from politifact.com. And if you're new to the podcast, I have something called a newsletter, which can be found on my Substack. That newsletter is basically the written version of this podcast, and it will have the exact same title as this episode, which is, we'll get to that title right now, why not, Fox News, Lies, Trains, and Unidentified Objects Shot from the Sky. So if you want to see the newsletter, it has hyperlinks. You can look up anything um, that I reference in this 
podcast. So here's the timeline from PolitiFact, 2014. After a series of high-profile train derailments, the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration and the Federal Railroad Administration proposed changes to increase safety for trains carrying hazardous materials. 2015. The rule for trains carrying high-hazard and flammable materials was finalized by both agencies. A high-hazard flammable unit train was defined as any train traveling more than 30 miles per hour with at least 70 loaded tank cars containing any number of highly flammable liquids such as crude oil and ethanol. The rule required trains that fit this criteria to install controlled electronic brakes that stop on all train cars simultaneously. Electronic brakes allow a train to brake faster than conventional air brakes. As soon as this rule was put into place, lobbyists for the train industry and oil companies pressured Congress to repeal it. Their argument was the cost of the brakes was not justified. In 2018, the Trump administration... Department of Transportation repealed the law based on government's reports that determined electronic brakes were not justified given the increased cost. The Associated Press reported in 2018 that government reports emitted up to 117 million in estimated future damages from train derailments that might be avoided with electronic brakes. So what I'm just going to break it down a little bit easier for you. So the Trump administration, Department of Transportation, so whatever the equivalent of Pete Buttigieg was during Trump, repealed the law based on studies that they had done to see if the brakes were worth it. And they happened to omit up to $117 million in estimated future damages. They got caught by that by the AP and they, they basically at the time said, yeah, we know we got caught. Sorry about that. Our bad. And just filed it away. So now here's the other layer to the story that not many people have reported on. What Fox News could have said about the derailment. Instead of ignoring a rule repealed by Trump in 2018, Hannity could have just pointed out that North Fork Southern train in East Palestine, Ohio, and this is sad but true, did not qualify as a high hazardous train because it did not have 70 cars containing flammable materials. The chemicals in the train were hazardous but did not fall within the narrow definition set by the Department of Transportation. So the National Transportation Safety Board categorized the Norfolk Southern train as general merchandise, which would have only needed conventional brakes. So that's tragic on many levels because it says that our regulations are that lax and that even the increased regulations set by Obama wouldn't have prevented this disaster. However, instead of bringing any of that up, Fox News, because Hannity wasn't the only one that did this, but he just did it the most brazenly, kept bringing up a law from 2015 instead of bringing up a law from 2018 because they just wanted to avoid Trump looking bad at all. Because Trump was just very anti-regulation and was cutting them willy-nilly without much thought. Now, now that we're eight minutes into the podcast, if you're new to this show and you're thinking, who is this woman and why is she talking about Fox? Let me describe this project a little bit, because there is always a little bit of like, what? I guess it's, it's Fox News. People just get a little confused. 
think of this because they're like, why would you do this to yourself? I get that a lot. I get that question a lot. People are like, are you okay? Are you, do you need therapy? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'd like another cat, but I'd also like a bedroom. I have a, I have a studio apartment. So right now, two cats, studio apartment, I think it's about the right ratio. So here we go. So decoding Fox News was designed to help the friends, family members, neighbors, coworkers, and colleagues of people who are deeply entrenched in the Fox News universe. Think of this as a support group of sorts to help you navigate the nonsense that your Fox-loving friends might spew at you. And that's very important, because if you do have a Fox-loving friend or relative, <sighs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, because... Uh, they'll just like all of a sudden just start talking at you about something and you're like, what, what are you what are you talking about? And they're like, the laptop. And you're like, I what laptop? And you're like, Hunter Biden. And you're like, yeah, OK. And he was smoking crack. And you're like, I yeah, I got it. And that was a few years ago. That was a, several years ago, actually. He was having sex with prostitutes. And you're like, yeah, OK. Biden needs to be impeached. And you're like, can you just, I can't. Okay, that's my imitation of a Fox fanatic. Is it any good? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to move on to the next media clip. Now, this one is a, is, a, is kind of a repeater. And I normally have a category in the podcast called Fox Guest Goes Rogue. We're a guest from Fox. Somebody who's been invited on to talk about any number of topics just decides to go off script and say something they're not supposed to say. And that's really fun to watch because the Fox host usually has got a look of panic on their face or they're they're trying so hard to like shut the person up, but they can't. And they'll like cut to commercial very awkwardly. Well, this is kind of its own category because he's done this several times since I started this project a year ago. And this is Steve Ducey. So we're going to, here's the, here's the promo for that. Steve Ducey goes rogue. And Steve Ducey is one of the co-hosts of Fox and Friends. He is a tall, slender gentleman who is of unknown age, probably my parents' age, I'd guess 60s, 70s. And he has a habit, he's done this all year, which is every now and then he just says something kind of outrageous where you're like, were you? Were you told to say that by management? Are you just speaking off script? Are you just, is this like a rebellious moment? I suspect that this is all scripted, but I have no proof of that. So that's just my hunch. I don't know. I can't prove it. It's just based on what I know about how Fox is so controlling of its programming. I have a feeling that he's basically nudged to do this. And this is a slight diss on um, Donald J. Trump. So here's the clip. It's also in reference to the horrible accident in East Palestine, Ohio. Right. Uh, uh, speaking of the White Good House, uh, apparently regulations regarding train safety were changed during the Trump administration. Uh, this particular railroad and others lobbied President Trump to dismantle an Obama-era rule that would have required railroads to update their braking systems. And uh, apparently the Obama administration had pushed for it to govern transportation of hazardous materials after about half a million uh, barrels of crude were dumped. Uh, but ultimately, the Trump administration undid that and said the costs exceeded the benefits. So what was so great about that moment that makes it even made me feel like even more that it was probably orchestrated in some ways is that as he dropped that truth bomb, 
his co-stars didn't do anything. They did not react at all. It was like, whoop, moving on. And they just went right on to the next topic. Nobody argued with him. Nobody said, really? Is that true? I've heard that, but nobody. It was just like he said it. And it was like, it's like, oh, no, whatever. I just blew my nose. I just checked a box. Let's move on. And it was kind of stunning to see because it just felt like, I can't believe you just said that. You just said that about, okay. Now, this next clip is about more about the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. It's a major story on Fox News last week. It was 21% of its airtime. Um, I just want to say, I will not comment on the Biden administration or Pete Buttigieg's handling of the crisis. My gig is to cover Fox. I will simply say that the tragedy is horrific. Um, East Palestine looks a lot like the area of Missouri that I grew up in. So this one really hit home for me. Um, Railroad tracks, we had creeks and rivers like that and very modest homes, the whole nine yards. This next clip absolutely enraged me. I had to, I, I screamed at my computer. I got incredibly angry. Both of my parents are union members, and that's all I'm going to say before I play the clip. Uh, I also am a big believer in if you're going to make a statement on television about a news event, you better back it up. And in this case, Brian Kilmeade had nothing to back up what he said. Here you go. And now they're ignoring this. I'm also asking what's going on with the whole train system. You got derailments happening at a dizzying rate. Does this have anything to do with the strike and the the brokering of the strike that took place against these workers, Will? The other thing to keep in mind that people have brought up before is that there was a rail strike and it was a force consolation. And again, he uses language there that's very typical of propaganda where he says, you know, people are saying this, people are talking about this. No one else on Fox News last week discussed the union and not a single person. So that's just a vague way of trying to make it sound more authentic that you that this is like a thing. No, it's just vague. It means nothing. And this next one is from the next day. And everyone had to go back to work almost against their will. You just wonder what is going on if they're playing a role, if that's playing a role at all in what we're seeing now, because a lot of these uh, these trains, some 50 cars, some 100 cars are not fully manned. OK, so he caught himself there. He, he initially said, you wonder if they are. And then he pulls it back a little bit and says, oh, if there's a problem, basically tries to not be as aggressive with that. He does not provide any proof to that, you know, vague accusation. There's no documentation. There's no witness. There's no, you know, insider from the union. There's nobody from the train company. There's no, there's no emails. There's no correspondence. He's got absolutely no proof of anything. So he's just making a stupid assumption based on the fact that maybe he doesn't like unions. Maybe he doesn't trust them. Or maybe he just wants to blame anyone. Oh, I don't know. But the corporate owner of the for-profit corporation that makes money off of shipping oil and toxic chemicals and hazardous materials by train. And they did not keep their uh, equipment up to date. The axle broke because it was not maintained properly. The tracks, a lot of the tracks in the United States are owned by private owners and they kind of let them go to hell. Uh, And that's part of the reason why we have so many derailments in this country is partly because... Everything is this kind of hodgepodge 
of private ownership and you know profit driven and everyone pushes for you can't you know don't give us any regulation let us be well this is what happens so absolutely despicable to to blame the union with absolutely no proof i mean just absolutely despicable so the next clip um really wasn't a theme last week but i i love debunking Sean Hannity this is like a this is like a hobby for me and he doesn't always give me great opportunities because a lot of times he just repeats like you know climus alarmus religious cult and the same nonsense he does every single week but last week he just gave me opportunity after opportunity and I just kept grabbing it so this one reminded me a lot of a tweet I did a couple weeks ago about the oil and gas industry in the United States and Steve Ducey had made a comment about how, you know, the industry was dead. And I pointed out that since 2018, the United States has been the number one producer of crude oil in the world. Now, this goes all the way back to the 70s to try to get our crude oil production up. It has a lot to do with fracking. Um, And when I posted this, now OPEC, just as another layer to this, Because OPEC is a conglomerate of countries, does outpace the United States. But when you talk about single countries, the United States is number one. The the other layer is the United States is also the largest consumer of oil. So it doesn't really seem that we are the number one producer. Now, when I posted this, complete with sources that were primary source that anybody could look up, and I encouraged people to look this up, showed them exactly where to go. I had any, (laughs) I had absolutely hilarious responses because it was as if I took the entire Fox News audience and just said, everything that you believe in is a lie. (laughs) Everything. Your God is dead. Everything is over, you know, and they just lost their minds. And I don't mean any disrespect about anyone's religion. That's a joke. But um, God being Fox News, that's what I meant by that. But they... (laughs) lost their minds and what kept happening is um people would find they'd go to the source and they'd find a chart or a graph from the same source and they would say see this disproves you and you're lying and you're being deceptive ha ha and i'd say i i'm sorry i you're not reading the graph correctly the the blue line, which is at the top, says U.S. and that we are number one. I, I'm sorry, but that is incorrect. <laughs> and this happened over and over again. And they, they would just swear. I mean, this is how deep this gets with them. They would swear that their data had disproven mine. It was from the exact same source. So, of course, it didn't disprove mine. And it was just because they just refused to believe that the U.S. is the number one producer of crude oil in the world. So this next clip is Hannity. And the way he phrases this is very important because this is a common thing that he does and other people do on Fox when they want to give themselves some wiggle room. He does it in this kind of like, oh, shucks, what do I know? And I just want to say before I play this, that this man is paid $35 million a year. $35 million. He also does a three-hour radio show in addition to Hannity, and he's been with the network since day one. He's the highest paid person on the network. But yeah, he's doing the whole, aw shucks, what do I know? And you will also hear the voice of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene in this clip. 
And the last time I checked, about 90% of our electric grid, which you would use to then charge your, your battery uh, after the, you pillage the earth to get the materials to build the battery, uh, isn't that all fossil fuel related, 90% of it? Well, 90% of it is, Sean, but you see Democrats want to convert that to green energy. So I just want to point out quickly that what Marjorie Taylor Greene said made absolutely no sense. Imagine that. So she just said, yes, that 90% of the uh, grid is fossil fueled, but that, you know, Democrats want to convert that to green energy. I don't know how you do that, but okay, sure. And then there's a number of things in the statement by Sean Hannity. So he basically says, he basically is asking a question like, last time I checked, it was 90%. It, I mean, isn't it 90%? So he's leaving it open. Like, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think it's 90%. And then this one just cracked me up. After you pillage the earth to get the materials to build the battery, that's for green energy. Hey, Hannity, what do you think they do to get oil out of the ground. <laughs> it's not just a spigot, especially with fracking. That is not a an easy process, nor is it kind to Mother Earth. And then the any number of oil spills that have occurred in Alaska, off the Gulf Coast, all over the world, because, you know, some sort of drilling operation went horribly, horribly wrong. So, yeah, pillage the earth for green energy batteries. Okay, buddy. Um, but let me just read some stats from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. It's called EIA Online. The total amount of the power grid in the United States that's fueled by fossil fuels is 61%. That's significantly lower than 90%. The 61% is broken down to 38.4, being natural gas, 21.9, coal. Renewable energy accounts for 19.8%, with the remaining 18.9% coming from nuclear power. Now, I want to point this out again, because it, this is important, I think, because, again, when your relatives do this to you, and they might, it's very frustrating, I'll tell you. So somebody on Twitter tried to debunk my data using the same source, just like I talked about, and he made a rookie mistake. The user cited a pie chart that gave very different results. The problem with his pie chart is it was labeled energy consumption in the United States. Now, someone who's not uh, thinking critically might not understand the difference between energy production and energy consumption. They'd say, well, they've got to be the same, right? No. <laughs> energy production only accounts for what's on the grid, electricity on a grid. Now, this is not rocket science. What do you think would throw off what is the energy produced on a grid and then the energy that we consume as Americans? This should be super obvious. That would be cars, trucks, buses, airplanes. Okay, that's diesel. That's gasoline. Yeah, so when you looked at energy consumption, oil shot way up. Of course it did. What was really humorous about that exchange is I didn't really get that much into it. I just said I was very calm with the person and I said, I'm sorry, you're reading the graph incorrectly. Look at the label. The label says energy consumption and the label I used was energy production. And those are not the same 
metric. And then I thought, he's not going to know what metric means. And I said, okay, so that's not the same thing that we're, that we're looking at here. It's not the same um, quantity. It's basically you're trying to say, well, I'm looking at apples and you're looking at oranges, sort of. But there's another person on that thread who just was hammering this other account, just screaming at him like, oh my God, you're so stupid. And it was kind of humorous to watch this, but every time. And what's funny is when these accounts come at me, they always go, you're a liar. You're being deceptive. You're twisting the truth. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm using a boring primary source with data. Okay. So the next one, this was my personal favorite. I knew I was going to stick this one in the podcast just because it's Marjorie Taylor Greene and she's talking about whales. So how could I not put this one in? And it's simply called Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks she's an expert on whales. And this is just, you know, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene. There you go. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know why AOC isn't dressed in white and crying for the dead whales that keep washing on the beach um, from wind farms that are being placed all over the ocean. And people are calling the alarms over how this is not only killing unknown thousands of bird species, but also causing whales to beach themselves at record numbers. But the real problem, Sean, is Pete Buttigieg. He's the Secretary of Transportation, and he's more interested in equity and inclusion in his hiring practices and grant-giving uh, schemes and, and obviously probably chest-feeding or something like that than he is rail safety. And that's where we have real danger in our country. You see, Pete Buttigieg was never qualified for the job. Now, many would say that Marjorie Taylor Greene is not qualified for her job, but the good people of her district have voted for her twice, and she handedly won two elections in a row. So there you have it. She's definitely not qualified to talk about whale deaths and wind farms. Now, the jury is still out on that. I found a lot of theories. I found a lot of people that just said, we can't prove this yet. We don't know. Uh, there was recently a whale that washed up off of New York, uh, and they found that there was injuries to that whale probably caused by a cruise ship. So a statement from NOAA fishery officials added, there's no evidence to support speculation that noise resulting from wind development-related site characterization surveys could cause mortality of whales and no specific links between recent large whale mortalities and current ongoing surveys. And the reason being is there's a bunch of other things that could be causing this, which, which are plastics in the ocean, warming seas, again, ships hitting these poor whales, things that are happening to their food supply. So nobody really knows exactly what's causing this, but it's premature to automatically assume it's wind farms. So I'm going to play the rest of the clip. Here you go. And I believe we need to haul him in in our committees and start questioning him over what's actually happening in his department. Because train derailment is happening every single day. And now thousands of people, uh, birds, animals, they're all sick. And we don't know the consequences of this horrible accident in East Palestine. But we have people like Ilhan Omar. She wants to, you know, crack down on corporate greed when it comes to rails and the privately owned sections of rails. But really what we have to do is we have to make sure that our rails are safe. Democrats passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill and only $5 billion went towards rail safety. This is a failure. It would have never happened under a Republican-controlled infrastructure bill. So that's comical because I don't know why Green thinks Republicans would have added more money for rail safety or regulations 
given the party's notoriously anti-regulation. So uh, whatever. Um, the next one, this, this one I put together today because I thought it was funny that two weeks ago, and it was on the Friday, February 3rd, was the, the day that the Chinese spy balloon drifted over the United States. And Fox lost their mind. And then two weeks later, when we've discovered that the military has shot down a number of unidentified flying objects, mostly over Alaska, now they're laughing about it. So what I did is I took clips from the five from Thursday, and then I spliced clips from Friday on the third, so from two weeks ago. Now, because this is audio, on the video you can see it because I made the older clips black and white and I put the date really big on the front of the screen. What I did for the audio so you could hear the difference is I added this ominous sound under the clips from two weeks ago. So you'll hear this like, it's it's actually a sound effect from GarageBand that is like just, um, it's like a drone. So it's just something I knew I could use for free. So you'll hear this this like sound underneath the, like the evil clips of this evil evil balloon. And just before we do this, because if anybody wants to hear it, because I know there's a lot of fans of my, I'm going to do it right now. Judge Janine, and I'm telling you, when I do this voice, I have to pull way back from the microphone. And then I got to go back and adjust the levels because there's no way I could do this voice without blowing out the sound. And I have to wonder how much the sound person at the five gets paid because they're wearing tiny little lavalier mics that there's no way she's not blowing that thing out. And I'm sick of it, and it's got to end now. And yeah, if you haven't read the Dominion lawsuit yet, that document, basically Fox News calls her crazy throughout the whole thing. Just crazy. Bonkers, nuts, nut job, you name it. It's not flattering. It's not flattering to Judge Janine. She's highly entertaining to watch on Fox News, but yeah. I, you know, would I hang out with her? Probably not. No, I probably wouldn't. But yeah, she's a funny woman. And, you know, I think Judge Janine would be okay if I didn't hang out with her. Because she'd just be like, you're a liberal. And you're crazy. And you don't know anything. You're a communist. And I'm like, actually, I don't like communism at all. I really, I've been to the Soviet Union. I'm not a fan. But, you know, you're just going to make an assumption. And that's, that's okay. But you're still funny. I'm still going to find you funny. Because she is. She's so extreme. Anybody that extreme is funny to me. I'm just anybody that off the rocker. Marjorie Taylor Greene is not funny to me because she actually has power. That woman scares me. But Judge Janine has influence. She doesn't have power. So anyway, next up, this is the clip of the balloon. You'll hear it go back and forth, back and forth to laughing at our military shooting down unidentified objects to demanding that they shoot down a balloon. Here you go. The White House started the week floating the idea the Pentagon may have shot down UFOs or aliens, but now it could just be junk from private companies. But we're not shooting it down. They'll shoot that thing dead out. Maybe they want to see if we would have a plane fly high enough to be able to shoot it down. If his military generals came in and said, don't shoot it down, he should have said, go to the, you know, go to the backyard and take off your rank. But it could be more ridiculous than that. A hobby club in Illinois <laughs> thinks that one of its small balloons is, quote, missing in action. And they're worried Biden shot it down. 
If true, that means we just wasted $400,000 to take out a $12 balloon. I think I speak for most Americans. The argument that, well, we couldn't shoot it down over eastern Montana because of the debris field, it doesn't seem to make sense to me. If you were to fly your Cessna in restricted airspace in parts of this country, the U.S. military would scramble jets and they might shoot you down. Gentlemen, I want our first mission to be not a single balloon will enter American <laughs> airspace until we know exactly what it is. Shoot it down. Why do you think they didn't? They're now spying on us, but the administration says it is too much of a risk to shoot the balloon down. $800,000 for this one hobby balloon. Oh, they missed it. The miss. Yeah, because they missed yeah. it. It's 800000 yeah. Plus, there's two more balloons that we don't you know, know don't what those are. So, the, so it's, it's the evasive capabilities of the brigade. It's $1.6 million. So Cries growing louder for the Biden administration to shoot down a Chinese surveillance balloon. Cries are growing louder for the Biden administration to shoot down a Chinese surveillance balloon waddling away, grinning like a confused patient who wandered, you know, out, out the rest home property, but, and then shaking his fist at the clouds. <laughs> I'll get you balloons. He's it's kind of a stark difference there between the, oh my God, they, they spent so much money shooting down these balloons to, we have to shoot this down. It was just back and forth, back and forth, wacky. So I just want to say very quickly about the Dominion lawsuit. This is awkward for me. Because Fox does not talk about this at all. And my gig is to analyze Fox News footage. So this is a very strange situation for me. I have read the document. And at this point, because it, it really has nothing to do with the footage that I watch, I'm basically going to keep an eye on this story. And if it develops as we get closer to the trial, if there is a trial, if they don't settle before that, I'll revisit this. I might make some videos on this. I might comment on this. I'm not really sure how to handle it because it really has nothing to do with the footage that I collect and analyze and break down for you. Now, the next section of the newsletter slash podcast is stories that Fox News ignored every week. I compare 15 hours of Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour, and I report to you all the stories that PBS included that Fox News did not. Now, because Fox News was so obsessed with the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, they missed quite a bit. This is one of the heaviest ones I've ever done. So the first is the big one that I just mentioned, a new court filing in the defamation case filed by Dominion Voting Systems against Fox News showed that Fox anchors and executives didn't believe that Donald J. Trump won the 2020 election, yet they kept having guests on that promoted the theory. The filing also showed proof that the network was motivated to push the story to keep their ratings and income up. The grand jury investigating former President Donald J. Trump and his allies attempt to overturn election results in Georgia found that one or more witnesses lied under oath and recommended that criminal charges be brought against them. The Defense Department released overdose data with outlined plans to bolster prevention among service members in response to a letter by Senator Edward J. Markey. He's a Democrat from Massachusetts. The CDC released a report about teenage girls that showed three in five reported feeling sad or hopeless in 2021. Rates of sexual violence and suicide also rose for the same year. At least one in 10 girls reported they were forced to have sex at some point, which is up from 27% from a survey two years ago. 
Former Vice President Mike Pence said he would fight the grand jury subpoena issued by the special counsel Jack Smith investigating Donald J. Trump and his role in the January 6th riot on the U.S. Capitol. The Congressional Budget Office issued a bleak assessment of the U.S. economy. It projected both an increase in unemployment and the national debt for 2023. The Memphis police officers charged with second-degree murder and other charges in the death of Tyree Nichols pleaded not guilty. Two Memphis sheriff deputies were suspended for turning off body cameras when they arrived at the scene after Nichols had been beaten. The father of the Highland Park shooting suspect pleaded not guilty to reckless conduct charges. Robert Cremo Jr. signed documentation that helped his son Robert Cremo III legally obtain a weapon. Cremo Jr. knew his son had mental health problems and had acted out violently in the past. Zhao Chunli, the suspect in the Half Moon Bay mass shooting, pleaded not guilty to seven counts of murder and one charge of attempted murder. The 19-year-old man who murdered 10 people in a racially motivated attack in a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, received a life sentence. The mass shooter also faces federal charges for the same crime and could face the death penalty. PBS produced a segment on people struggling with severe symptoms from long COVID, along with the healthcare professionals that treated them. It's unknown why some patients who contact COVID-19 end up with long-term debilitating symptoms. President Joe Biden fired architect of the Capitol, J. Brent Blanton, following allegations that he misused government resources and was not physically present on the Capitol grounds during the riot on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Lamar Johnson, a man from St. Louis, Missouri, had his conviction overturned after serving 28 years for a murder he did not commit. Another inmate, James Howard, confessed that he and another shooter committed the crime. Thousands of Israelis took to the streets to protest the far-right government's attempts to pass reforms that would severely limit the Israeli Supreme Court. Protesters are concerned that a weakening of the judiciary could destroy democracy in Israel. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is currently facing corruption charges. Anti-government protests have erupted in several cities across Iran last week. Protests had slowed due to executions and crackdowns by the government. The protests were exactly 40 days after the government executed two protesters. 40-day commemorations are common in Iran and the Middle East. New Zealand issued a state of emergency due to the destructive force of Cyclone Gabrielle. The storm caused widespread flooding, landslide, and power outages. One of the largest food sanitation companies, Packers Sanitation Services, was fined $1.5 million in penalties for employing at least 102 children, some as young as 13. At least 73 migrants are presumed dead after a shipwreck off the coast of Libya. Four U.S. servicemen were injured in a helicopter raid that killed an ISIS leader in Syria. The Kentucky Supreme Court ruling upheld the near-total ban on abortion in that state. There is no exception for victims of rape or incest. President Biden added Lau Bernard as his top economic advisor and Richard Rivera's as his regulations chief. Both Bernard and Rivera's have been advocates for battling climate change. Trump appointee David Malpass has stepped down as World Bank president over his views on climate change. 
He refused to say whether he accepted that fossil fuels were changing the world's climate in a 2022 interview. The maternal death rate, which includes pregnant women and recently pregnant women, increased in 2020, according to a new study by Texas State University researchers and others. The trend started before the pandemic and got worse as overdoses, motor vehicle accidents, and homicides all increased. Four Florida men were arrested in their involvement to kill Haitian President Jovel Mose. The grand jury returned indictments against 11 people involved with the crime. The Justice Department decided to drop sex trafficking charges against Representative Matt Gates of Florida. This is after his friend Joel Greenberg was sentenced to 11 years in prison on charges including sex trafficking. Greenberg had cooperated with prosecutors, including information that involved Gates and his interaction with women involved with the case. PBS did an extended segment on teenagers and the negative effects of social media as part of their series on the youth mental health crisis. United States Senate Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation met last Wednesday to discuss reform and repair of the national aviation system. Activists in the UK are saying the government is not doing enough to protect underage migrants. Roughly 200 underage migrants went missing last month while they were in the state's care. The the Indian government cracks down on press freedom. The government raided and searched the offices of the BBC in Mumbai and New Delhi. China declared a decisive victory over COVID-19 amid skepticism over how it reports data about the disease. The White House outlines a plan on how to deal with soaring rents. Senator Dianne Feinstein, 89, of California announced she will retire at the end of her term and not seek re-election in 2024. She was first elected in 1992. Tim Carver, former Major League Baseball catcher and broadcaster, died at the age of 82. He called 24 World Series for ABC, CBS, and Fox. And as a player for the St. Louis Cardinals, McCarver earned two World Series rings. Just want to add really quickly, because I know there's a lot of you, to all my St. Louis listeners, we know the Cardinals have 11 World Series wins. Go Cards. Okay, (laughs) sorry, I had to get that out there. The city's a little obsessed with that team, just a little bit. They're like Green Bay with the Packers, but with baseball. Okay, so those are all the stories that somebody who exclusively watched Fox would have missed out on. I'm not kidding. That was a long list. One of the longest I've ever done. Just staggering. Like all of those stories, they just don't hear about them. They just hear about the same stories over and over. Now, I had to use a different app for my graphs this month on the newsletter. So they, they look different. But um, the the company that I use, their website was down. So very quickly, uh, the top five for Fox was the topics were train derailment in Ohio at 21%. Unidentified objects, 13%. Chinese spy balloon, also 13%. No kidding. Super Bowl, 6%. Why on earth are they still talking about the Super Bowl? And anti-Biden got 3%. Now, PBS NewsHour, top five topics were earthquake in Turkey, 14%. That is a catastrophic disaster. That deserves more coverage. Just absolutely horrific. Ukraine, 7%. Train derailment in Ohio, 6%. Artist profile, which is a standard they always do. And then mass shootings in Michigan State, that got 5%. I think far more topical and important to U.S. viewers than the Fox list. 
So words used by Fox. Um, also, this was a little bit harder to read because I couldn't use the graph app that I wanted to use. Uh, Pothole Pete got six along with Fetterman and AOC, all tied for six. The number one was Biden at 293, China and Chinese at 277, Balloon, 204, Train, 117. Another one of them that was interesting was just Pete, 37. They kept talking about Mayor Pete. Um, and Unprecedented was 24, or Unidentified, I'm sorry, Unidentified was 24, and that was for the object. Inflation only 16, Crime went way down at 33, so they are shifting around. So this week, I'll be covering the first hour of Fox and Friends, The Five, and The Ingram Angle, and I've already got some great clips for the week. And if you'd like to support this project, you can go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. I also have a little money thing next to my Twitter account, next to my face. You can click on that. It takes you straight to an app. Or you can become a paid subscriber. And the lowest rate is only $5 a month. And I have like extras for you. I have a big one coming up about Hunter Biden. What I did, I'll just explain very briefly because it's a little long this week, is what I did is I went through Hunter Biden, the series on Fox Nation. And instead of just telling you what's in them, because it's kind of ridiculous, I investigated the people in the documentary. So I go through all the talking heads and break them down. Where do they get their money? skeletons in their closet what's up with them and it's been very interesting um i kind of decided to do that midway which is why it's not published yet but that's for paid subscribers i think it's fascinating highly recommend it that should be coming out this week i almost published it last week but things get too busy i also have some interviews coming up um i'm a little dizzy with the amount of work coming at me uh, i'm going to be doing an interview with swedish public radio Another one with the Lincoln Project, and I have a third one with LA Times. I why? Why does everybody want to talk to me? I don't know. Anyway, Odin and Thor send their love. They are the podcast mascots, and they love you. They do. They love everybody. Thank you for listening. I'll see you at the next podcast. <laughs>